Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas and I'm here with Pedro Anderson of Winding Tree, which is a decentralized marketplace for the travel industry. Hello, Pedro. Hi, Josh. Good, good to be on the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, glad to have you. So the uh, the travel industry is, uh, I mean, this is big money, big business, and uh, you're looking to disrupt it and decentralize it. What Before we get into what this is and what it does, um, why why did you decide to tackle the travel industry? So uh, there are four of us co-founders uh, of Winding Tree Project, and two of us were actually working in travel technology and running a startup in the space and had experienced firsthand the inefficiencies that resulted from the centralized and monopolized marketplace that is currently in use, right? So in, in the travel industry today, all distribution goes through a handful of intermediaries who are um, extracting very high rent from transactions, from, from your travel money, and uh, at the same time using very backwards technology. And so what we realized was that not only was the, the transaction fees and the commission fees hurting uh, travel progress and hurting suppliers, but the inefficient technology would always be a hindrance to any kind of innovation in travel. We realized that um, technology that we built or any travel startup built would only be as good as the legacy systems that they were built on top of. And um, so we, we started looking at solutions to um, to fix the problem with uh, distribution and travel, but in a way that would be monopoly-proof and not end up in the same situation that we're in today, right? So if we, we came along and provided a solution to travel distribution, and um, but then after five years hiked up the fees and, and, and monopolized and dominated the space, it wouldn't help anyone, right? So we had to make sure that it was monopoly-proof, and that's when we came to blockchain as the ideal solution for uh, for preventing that sort of scenario in the future. Okay, interesting. So tell us a little bit about how the uh, technology works. So Winding Tree is not front-end in any sense. We are completely back-end, B2B. Um, essentially a set of APIs that a travel supplier, an airline or a hotel, can integrate with and put their inventory on, on our platform. And then startups and points of sale, uh, travel agents, websites, and so on, they can um, integrate with our uh, APIs and access that inventory um, and sell it directly peer-to-peer straight with the supplier 
without any transaction fees to us, to Winding Tree itself, uh, since Winding Tree is a, is a nonprofit. Um, the only transaction fees are the actual um, gas uh, for working on the blockchain, right? Okay, great. So you're you're a nonprofit. That's that's an interesting play. Uh, and so you you're really doing this to um, create technology in the industry that that is not you cannot take a profit on. So uh, tell me about that decision to go nonprofit. Why? Yeah. So the profit to, the idea, the idea to go for a nonprofit model. Um, was a result of discussions around how to ensure that it was completely monopoly-proof, to ensure that it was decentralized, and to ensure that it was a community project similar to Linux. We wanted um, the open source community to help it to evolve and to contribute to the project and to work together to create the ideal um, environment for innovation. And the only way that what we concluded was the only way to do that was to not have any uh, sort of profit-seeking uh, motives that would misalign with the community, right? And so instead, we went for the tokenized model where everybody has the same goal, right? So the Winding Tree founders and team, we want the relevance of the platform to go up, of course, because we have our founders' tokens that we want to increase in value. Uh, the suppliers, the airlines and hotels, they want the value of the platform to increase because they want more points of sale. They want more innovation that they can um, put their inventory out to and sell to without those high commission fees. The points of sale, the startups, the innovators, the travel agents, they want more inventory, so they want the value and relevance of the platform to go up as well. Investors, those who've purchased into the token sale that's coming up, the ICO that's coming up in February, they also want the relevance and um, the technology to increase and become better and better known throughout the world because they know that that will increase demand and will drive the token uh, value up. So everybody's aligned around the same thing. It's not um, what's good for me is bad for you. It's win-win for everybody. Everybody wants the platform relevance to go up and, and uh, quality. So how long has this uh, project been in development? We started working on it more aggressively uh, back in November uh, 2016. <clears throat> and... Uh, my co-founder, Maxim Ismailov, who had been working in the travel industry for a long time, organized uh, travel technology conferences. Um, he wrote a, a, a wonderful manifesto describing what we were uh, intending to do, and the response was overwhelming from the travel community, uh, travel professionals. We had over 1,000 responses from travel professionals from every walk of, of travel uh, reach out to us and say this had to be done, and, and we knew we had the community support. I went on a, a, a tour in Asia to meet with travel companies and, and, and potential investors there, and we won the award for the most disruptive travel technology of the year. Um, we started to get a lot of attention, a lot of traction very early on, um, and we, we knew we were really on to something. And um, we ran a um, pre-sale um, end of the summer where we raised uh, over 4,500 Ether from 1,000 different individuals. Um, and uh, around that time, Lufthansa, the airline, came on board as uh, one of our first partners. Soon after that, Air New Zealand, then uh, Nordic Choice. So we actually have some um, some partners on the platform that want to use it. They've uh, committed financially. They've committed to to trying out the technology and putting their their inventory on our platform. So um, we have some pretty good traction to date. And uh, we also just uh, last month we published our 
um, our prototypes for people to actually check out. You can see it on GitHub Winding Tree. Um, you can see our uh, our code that's out there already, and uh, travel innovators can already start testing it. That's great. And so uh, it sounds like uh, things happen really fast for you. What? Uh, and you got a lot of support community around it. Uh, were there any technical challenges or uh, legal issues that that you faced as you were going through this? Yeah, yeah, both of those very much so. Um, so with with the with the legal side, um, we we were actually originally scheduling our ICO to take place um, November first, um, but regulatory changes in uh, Switzerland. On September 29th, it took our lawyers a, a two weeks or so to get back to us on, on what those regulatory changes meant, um, and we had to postpone the ICO to February 1st as a result of, of, of those changes. And, and those changes essentially um, involved each ICO coming up in Switzerland to um, to file a FINMA audit, which we did, uh, but it, it takes them some time to, to review projects. They had an overwhelming number of projects, of course. Uh, Switzerland being a popular place for a lot of the uh, blockchain projects, um, so th that was that was a little bit um, of a of a not a surprise because we always expect that there would be regulatory changes, but it, it was a little bit uh, difficult to go through, uh, especially with the community uh, supporters and so on. Um, and then on the technology side, um, the, just the the uh, scalability and uh, transaction speed uh, challenges of, of blockchain, which we're working on some solutions to, to work around, and uh, one of my co-founders, um, our, our blockchain genius, Augusto Lemble, um, posted about it. Uh, you can find it on Medium, uh, about state channels and the experiments we're doing there to, to work around some of those challenges. But, yeah, uh, naturally, this is a new space um, regulatory-wise and technology-wise, so it's an adventure. <laughs> Understood. So you – are looking at a uh, the decentralized structure here, and you mentioned earlier that there are a few companies that kind of control the first strings in this industry, if you will. What do you mm -hmm. see as the future of the travel industry once this gets introduced? I, I see it a lot the way that uh, Linux uh, came into play in uh, moving the internet forward. Um, winding trees uh, entrance into the into the space does not mean that any of the current um, companies need to move or anything like that. Uh, it just means that a lot of the, the current uh, business practices that are bordering on unfair, you know, extraction of rent and uh, commission fees and so on, a lot of the business models will have to change. Uh, but I think that uh, all of those uh, players will, will adapt to the changes and uh, find ways to work in a more open environment with open source uh, technology and, and um and open access to data, right? And that's what, what we're aiming to do. The, the, the user would never actually see Winding Tree uh, the same way that with Linux, most users don't know that a lot of the internet is powered by Linux, but um, the results are, are very, very evident, right? Um, so that's kind of uh, how I see it panning out. Um, but what, we're, what we aim for is that right now we're, we're focusing on hotels and airlines, but eventually we'll add other areas of travel and we'll also add uh, deeper uh, functionality and, and benefits with bundling and, and loyalty and so on. Um, but the idea is that it would it would take on the community would would start to build onto it and eventually would be self-sustaining, right? So over the years, 
And because we have more of this long-term vision, the founders are actually on a, on a four-year vesting schedule, which is kind of unusual for ICOs and blockchain projects um, because we realize that it'll take uh, some time to get the market traction that we need to reach critical mass and so on. So tell me, as, uh, as one of these major industry players that's charging the high commissions and the high rent, as you put it, what is my motivation to use this decentralized platform or, or to develop something similar? If, if I'm making money off of the status quo, why do I change? Um, good question. So it, it, a, lot of, uh, a lot of changes in the past at the beginning, they, they were seen as, as an opposition. If you look at the Internet, um, a lot of companies saw it as, as, as a very disruptive technology. Eventually, everybody has a website. Everybody's working on the Internet. Everybody's selling on the Internet. Um, if you look at email at the beginning, it was a, a, a pay-to-play pay model. Eventually, it was a free, um, a free service. And so it's, it's, a, it's a natural resistance at the beginning when, uh, when a, a new technology comes along. Um, but I think that the, the advantages are pretty evident with um, when you have something that's open source and you have a huge developer base like that, um, you don't have the, the, how would you say, the limitation of profit-seeking. Um, the the innovation around Winding Tree should be a lot faster. It should be a lot more accelerated. And because it's open, um, this is one of the big things. A, a startup does not have to ask Winding Tree permission to use the data and to, to create new ways of selling, to create new ways of engaging uh, users. It can come in and try and experiment and just take that, uh, that inventory and actually use it, right? Um, and so when you start getting a lot of innovators working on this, the 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 vacuum that's created will attract a lot more suppliers than we already have. We already have some, but it'll attract a lot more. And I think eventually even the intermediaries will be interested in working with that technology because of the, of the uh, attention from developers and from uh, startups and innovators and so on. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, no, I understand that. Just, just to kind of follow up, hey, you mentioned that at some point the Internet was pay-to-play and email was pay-to-play. Uh, when was that? In the 90s. The 90s. That must have been before me. I uh, or, or right at the very beginning. I just I just don't recall that. It's interesting. Uh, well, if you look at AOL, uh, if you, if you look at AOL, like in the in the early 90s, you had to pay to use it. Uh, but eventually, free models came out, and they kind of dropped that business model. But they were pretty dominant at the time. Okay, got it. Um, cool. So Pedro Anderson from Winding Tree. Well, where can uh, where can our audience go to learn? Our website has links to a lot of our social channels. So if you go to Winding Tree um, and you uh, scroll to the bottom, there will be links to all the chats. One of the really popular ones is Telegram. There's a lot of conversation in there. If if you're a travel innovator or somebody who actually a developer actually wants to build onto the platform or check out the technology itself, um, we have a technical chat on Rocket Chat. You'll find the link there as well. And then uh, on YouTube, we have a, a number of videos that you can watch as well to, uh, to see what, our progress and uh, hear the, the founder speaking. And uh, on, the, on the website, you also have the white paper and one pager, all pretty self-explanatory. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, so, yeah, join us on the social channels. Very good. And what's the website? WindingTree.com. Andrew Anderson, WindingTree.com. Thanks very much for joining us. Hey, we'll see everybody next time here on the Future Tech Podcast.
Thank you, Josh. Bye. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.